All right, go ahead and open up, if you would, please, to the book of Hebrews, chapter 4. The book of Hebrews, chapter 4. We're talking about prayer, the university of prayer. As we're heading back to school, uh, we felt it would be a great kind of backdrop to set this in a school uh, theme. Here we're in our classroom of prayer right now. And last week, I was able to talk to you about the power of prayer. That prayer is not just a tradition or a habit uh, that we go through or just daily devotions, although those are very important. That prayer changes situations. Can I get an amen on that? Prayer moves mountains. Prayer brings the will of God from heaven to earth. We have a responsibility to pray. It's not just as simple as, oh, I missed my prayer time. If God's people are not praying, there are things that are not being created and solved and moved in the earth because we, God has chosen to partner with us to bring that power and his will into the earth. Well, today I want to talk to you about confidence in praying, that you can come and stand before God in confidence because when you have a confidence in a relationship, it affects how you speak to the person in that relationship. If you feel fearful, if you feel ashamed, if you feel inhibited in any way, it's going to affect your honesty. It's going to affect, your, it's going to affect the frequency that you go into that relationship. It's going to affect your posture when you go before them because you're going to cower rather than stand and rather than ask big things. You're going to ask just for small little things and yet God has given us access. Isn't that beautiful? God has given us complete access. And so today, my one goal is to help you build confidence to come. Confidence to come. And so in Hebrews chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 14. Have you found it in your Bibles? Hebrews 4, verse 14. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. Isn't that great? Jesus understands our humanness, our weaknesses. For he faced all of the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. So, because of all this, basically the so there says, because of all this, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Some of your Bibles just simply say, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Come boldly to the throne of grace. There we will find his mercy and grace when we need it most. Isn't that a powerful verse? Today we're talking about coming boldly to the throne of grace. The way has been made open to us. Jesus has paid it all. Jesus has resolved the sin issue in our lives when you put your faith in Jesus, and he is desiring to now teach us, inspire us, welcome us to come boldly. Let me just break down this verse in a couple key words that stand out to me. The first one is the word come. Come is an invitation. It's an invitation for us to get in there. The, the way's been open. There's access, but there is a responsibility on us to then say yes to the coming. That even though he's prepared a way, he's made a way, he's removed all the reasons why we can't come, there's still a responsibility on our part to what? Come, right? That, you know, the enemy loves to give us all these reasons why we don't come and tries to make up all these excuses of why we can't come. But this verse very clearly, very simply just says, hey, Kevin, that's my name, by the way, Kevin, come. 
You can insert your name in there. Hey, John, come. Priscilla, come. It's been made open. The, the, the door is flung wide open, but you have to come. And that puts that responsibility back in us again. No matter what Jesus has prepared, if we don't come and participate in it, we won't receive the benefit of it. Not only does it say come, the next key word there is the word boldly. The word boldly talks about the posture, the, the mindset, the attitude of which we're to come. And, and Jesus is wanting us to come with confidence. This, this idea of come and let's have this conversation. Come and pray. Come and ask. Come and receive. This boldness. When you speak to God, do you speak with a confidence that you're supposed to be in his presence? You're allowed to be in his presence. When you come before God, is there a boldness? Now, there is a humility when we come before God, but humility doesn't mean making yourself out to be a worm or insignificant. Humility is not you giving God all the reasons why you shouldn't be in his presence right now because you're not worthy. I don't know if you've listened to Christians pray very often, but sometimes they'll spend 30 minutes telling God why they are not allowed to be in his presence. They spend all this time telling them they're not worthy to be in his presence and five minutes of actually asking for anything or doing any real work in the spirit. And here God is, is telling us to come with confidence, but our confidence is not in our own righteousness. Our confidence is that Jesus has made a way for me to come and the greatest faith I can have is faith in what he's done for me. And so when I come and I make all these excuses of why I'm not supposed to be there, I'm not putting my full confidence in what Jesus did on the cross. See, so when I, when I come boldly, it's not arrogance. See, boldness and humility can go together if you keep in mind where the power comes from, if you keep in mind who the one worthy of worship is. But you can come in confidence because you're confident that Jesus' blood was enough to wash you of all of those reasons of why you're not allowed to come. Amen? Come in two. I love that. Come boldly in two. The word in two means you're not on the outside of that throne anymore. You are not on the outside of that throne room anymore. You're not on the outside looking in. You are on the inside. Somebody say amen to that. The throne room. Come on now. Let's think about that. That's the next word. Throne. The throne of grace. The throne of mercy. The throne of the almighty God. Come on. Sometimes we read over these things and we don't put faith in what's really being said here. This is the God of the universe. This is the God that flung the stars into the heavens and created the planets. And he's telling you and I to come boldly or confidently into his throne room. Are you kidding me? Have you seen pictures in the Bible of what the throne room of God is like? With the seraphims and the cherubims and the angels and the, the, uh, the beasts with four heads that look all crazy. And I mean, all these kinds of things that are going on in the throne room. And earthquakes and rainbows and rivers of, of, of crystal and the footstools of sapphire. I mean, come on now. God is saying, come into my throne. Now that tells me something about what Jesus has done for me. And what Jesus has done for you. Sometimes we put it down here like he just forgave us of a little bit of sin. His forgiveness went so far that you are now holy enough, you are now in right standing with God enough that a way has been made for you to go all the way into the throne room of the God of the universe. I just want to pause and let us kind of comprehend that. Sometimes we just say things so quickly. Oh, and by the way, let's put it the flip side. You're being invited to go into the throne room of the God of the universe and then there's times where we just don't care to go. 
There's times we're just too busy to go. There's times where we don't appreciate it. You see what I'm saying? Like, do you know how the prophets and the ancient, like, Israelites and the people of God, how much they wanted to go into the throne room of God and couldn't go in? And yet we are being offered it free and clear and we don't go in? Hello! I mean, I wonder, you know, the, the, the creatures in the heavenly realms, the, the, the other, you know, the other, you know, realms that exist that we can't see because we just see in the natural. I wonder what they look at and they look at us and they think when they see what Jesus has done and they see this access and they see us not utilizing or taking benefit of the ability to go into the throne room of the God of the universe. I just want to bring that back up to its real potential there for us to just see the value of that. Come boldly into the throne of Almighty God. And then, I love this, receive. It doesn't say come and work for it. It doesn't say come and figure it out yourself. It doesn't say come and earn whatever it is that you're about to ask for. It says come into the throne to receive. Because everything that's in that throne has been paid for by Jesus. It's been paid for by Jesus. And you know what, God is okay with us going into his throne and asking. Sometimes I think that we get a little insecure, like, God, I was just here yesterday, and I was asking for something, and here I am again today. As if God's keeping track, kind of like, are you kidding? Like, you were here yesterday, and now you're coming asking of me again? But do you understand, God knows who he is. He knows that he's the source. <laughs> he knows he's our source. And he's totally comfortable with the fact that he's God and you're not. Come on. He knows you need him. He knows you need daily bread. He knows you need, you know, wisdom. And he knows you need assistance in your time of need, right? If you have need, come. I love it. There's no limit. It's not like you get a, you know, you have to make a reservation to come or you only get like, like Disney now. You can only come like three times in a row. You know, God's like, come all the time. Come, 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 come. Amen. To receive. Not to work for it, not to pay for it. And also, it's not just come and get it off your chest. Don't just come and talk about your problems. When you come to God's throne, God is bringing solutions. Sometimes we think we're going and we're just sharing or come and just talk about the issue. No, come to receive. You come to receive breakthrough, right? Wisdom, power, freedom, healing, provision. Come and receive something. You don't just come and talk. Some people have this mindset, prayer is just talking to the sky. No, we go boldly because of Jesus into the throne of the God of the universe and we receive something and we leave different than we came. Amen. I don't, come, I don't leave empty. I leave full. I don't leave with the same need. I left the need and took the solution home with me. Come on now. You don't go into the throne of God and leave the same. Man, sorry, I got a little excited there. I wasn't yelling at you. I'm passionate about what I'm seeing in the scripture, okay? It's not me. Some people are like, why is he so loud? Why is he yelling? It's the Italian coming out. You see what I'm saying? There's some Italian in there. There's some passion about these things because I believe it. Because I feel it and I see it. I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful that God made a way. See, we didn't have this access before. We didn't have this because of our sin. It kept us out. This is what we had in the garden that we lost. But the moment we lost it, the plan came into motion for God to bring us back. And God didn't have to do that, but he chose to do that. He didn't leave us lost. He set a plan in motion to bring us back. And that's all on him. 
We didn't earn that. We didn't qualify for that. We didn't become lovely enough for that. He just decided. Amen. And I am so grateful that he decided that. And he didn't leave us lost. And he didn't leave us out of his presence. He made a way for us to get back into his presence and back into his throne room. Amen. Receive. And it tells us very clearly what you're going to receive. Mercy. Man, aren't you grateful for mercy? Mercy for our sins, mercy for our shortcomings. See, sin is why we couldn't come before. And now God is very clearly telling us that he's paid that in full. And now when you come, even when you come after you have fallen, because how many of you know even after you give your heart to Jesus, you can still stumble and fall? You can still deal with sin. You're working it out. But you know what? If we're not coming to him anymore because of sin, I'm telling you this very clearly. The Lord spoke this to me very clearly yesterday. It is not sin that is keeping you out of his presence anymore. It's fear. It is not sin that's keeping you out of his presence. It is fear. Because Jesus paid for the sin problem. Your sin is not what's keeping you out of the throne. It's your fear. And the Bible says that if you're still afraid, it's because you haven't been perfected in love. Because his love, perfect love, will cast out that fear. See, because when you need help, remember, find mercy and grace to help. When you need help, he wants you to come. And right after you sin, man, how many of you know we're desperate for help? It wouldn't be much help if I had to earn my way back into that throne room. If when I had a need, I had to somehow requalify. But you see, when I need help and, and, and when I fall and I stumble, even in my sin, I have, this again, just think of the beauty of this, my friends that when I fall in the moment of my greatest failure, even now, that throne of grace is still open to me. It didn't close because God's like, what's your problem, you big failure? The way of, the, way of the, the throne of grace is wide open so that I have somewhere to go with my sin. I have somewhere to go with my failure to find grace and mercy and help. Amen. And I love to find, which means no surprises of what you'll find when you get there. It says you're going to receive mercy and you're going to find grace to help. So you can be confident when you come into the throne. Come on now. What am I going to find when I get there? I don't know if you've ever had a parent or a relationship where you didn't know what parent you were going to get that day when you came home from school. You came home from school, you walk in, and it was like, and you're like, I'm going back to school, Okay. But then sometimes you could go home and it was like fun and happy and maybe sometimes that's your personality. Maybe people don't know who they're going to get when they encounter you. You know, God can help us with that too. Come on. And you're going to get freedom from that in the throne of grace. Saying, God, this is honestly, I'm sick of the roller coaster of my own emotions and I bring those issues and I bring those broken pieces to the throne of grace to find help. It's very clear what you're going to find. You can have confidence of what you're going to find when you come. You're going to find help. You're going to find mercy. You're going to find grace to help in your time of need. Can we get to some more scripture today? Open up some more Bible. Open up your Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 3. Are you enjoying this so far? We're bragging on Jesus today. I'm so grateful that I have this privilege to come up before you and just brag on Jesus. Point to him to get your focus on him, to take your focus off yourself and put your focus on Jesus, to take your focus off your failures and point it to the solution of those failures, which is Jesus. 
to take your focus off your burdens and your problems and put your focus on God, who's your solution and your help for everything you need. In Romans, the book of Romans today, uh, chapter 3, verse 21, I'm going to start in verse 21 just to build that confidence. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. Now I want to help you see something about the law. The law in itself is perfect. There's nothing wrong with the law. The problem was on our side that we couldn't keep the laws of God in our own strength. Amen? We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Somebody say amen to that. Look, we couldn't keep God's standards. We couldn't keep God's laws. But God made a way, and we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true, the Bible says. It's true for everyone. How many of you are in everyone? Raise your hand. About 90% of you are in everyone. I'm curious what the other 10% think you are. This is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in his grace. See, I love that it puts the action back on God. Yet God showed up. Yet God did something. Yet God decided something. Amen. This is a work of God initiated by God. You have to know how much God wants you back, how much God desires you to come, how much God desires that relationship with you. Look, we couldn't convince God to do this. No human being persuaded God to do this plan. God chose. He chose, and he chose while we were sinners, and he chose when we were in rebelliousness against him, and he chose when there was nothing good or lovely about us. He chose. He decided, and he did it all. Amen. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalties of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This is when you were made right. This is when you were saved. The reason I bring this up, you know there are times where we don't feel super holy, right? Aren't there times where you don't feel qualified and you don't feel cleansed and you don't feel like you're worthy to go into God's presence? Has anyone ever felt that way? I know you have. But was there a moment in your life that you believed on Jesus Christ and you believed that he was the sacrifice and the payment for your sin and you asked him to become the Lord and Savior of your life? If you did that, then it doesn't matter how you feel right now. And it doesn't matter because, you know, the truth is after we sin and, and we break God's law or standard again, you don't feel good about that and that's a good thing. <laughs> your conscience and, and things are telling you that's the wrong behavior. But you're still connected to God and you still have access to the throne of grace and it was all based on what Jesus did and you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back, did not punish those who sinned in times past for he was looking ahead, including them that would be in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness 
for he himself is fair and just. He makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. He makes sinners right. What? That is amazing. He makes sinners. God demonstrated his righteousness for he himself is fair and just. Um, He makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. He makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Can we boast then that we've done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith, not by obeying the law. And again, this isn't to speak disparagingly of the law, like the law wasn't good. The law is good. The law is perfect. It is so perfect that we cannot keep it on our own. Amen. So jump over, if you would, please, to Romans chapter 5. Let's read some more scripture. Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. This is all, I love it. It's a past tense verse where it says, because you have been made right, because you've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because our faith Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. We stand in a place of undeserved privilege. That's why we gather on a Sunday morning. That's why we live for Jesus seven days a week. That's why we brag on Jesus because he brought us from a place of of, of hell and, uh, and sin and separation and he brought us all the way, this rebellious people, he brought us all the way from the pits of hell and he seated us with him in heavenly places. He put us in his body. He put us in a position to stand in a place of undeserved privilege. God, I don't feel like I belong here. God, I don't feel worthy to be here. God, I couldn't have earned this position. And God says, I know, but that's where I want you. That's where I want to speak to you. That's how I want to interact with you. Undeserved privilege where which we stand. You can look at your feet right now and and you could say, I'm standing in a place of undeserved privilege. And yes, your head and your heart and your emotions tell you, you don't fit here, you don't belong here, you don't fit here. And you can say, I know, I know, right? I have blessings coming from the throne of God that I don't deserve. And it makes me thank God for Jesus. It doesn't make me sit there and say, oh God, I'm not worthy. Oh God, don't, don't look at me. Oh God, I don't belong. No, it, in, by faith I say, God, I know I'm not worthy, but because of Jesus, look where I am. Because of Jesus, look what I receive. Because of Jesus, look what you're offering to me. Because of Jesus. You don't, you don't shoo it away because you're not worthy. You're missing the point. You just thank God for Jesus. And you say yes. And you enter in. And you don't stay on the outside. And you come boldly into the throne of grace. And you ask big things and confident things. Faith is God's language. And when you ask big things, I think God gets stirred up. When we just ask for little crumbs, I think it disappoints him. 
because we're putting ourselves back into a position of being dogs under the table. But you're not dogs under the table. You're the children of God. You're seated at the table. You are seated at the table. Take big helpings of what Jesus paid for. Fill your plate like my teenage son on Thanksgiving. Fill your plate and don't leave any for anybody else. The truth is God will make more. Come on, he doesn't run out. He's got an eternal supply. That's why you can come and come and come and come and he never runs out. You know, my kids have so much confidence in their relationship with me. They'll come up to me and I've had my children literally stick their hands in my pockets and take money out of my pocket without me giving them permission. I'm like, what are you doing? And they're like, I just need some money. I'm like, you are robbing me. Or I have, I, I can't even bring leftovers home. They eat everything. Is your name on that? No. Why are you eating it? It was there. They have no, my son takes all my clothes now because he's my size. I, nothing is mine. Nothing is mine. I come out of his room and I'm like, that's my pants. This is my shirt. You took my shoes. You didn't even leave your dad his shoes. Yeah, well, dad, they fit me. They're cool. Well, that's coming boldly. Amen. You need healing? Go get healing out of the throne of grace. You need mercy and forgiveness? Go to the throne of grace. Come, come, come boldly and come to receive. Don't just come to talk. Come expecting to be changed when you go. Is anyone receiving this today? And you're welcome to come because of faith in Jesus. You were made right with God when you put your faith in Jesus. Amen. Let me give you a simple illustration. There's some types and shadows. I don't know if you're a fan of the uh, types and shadows of New and Old Testament, but I, I really appreciate types and shadows. Things that exist in the Old Testament that then have their fulfillment in the New Testament. And there's this imagery that we receive both in the tabernacle of the Old Testament and the temple of the Old Testament. If you're new to God's word, God gave Moses a, a vision to build a tabernacle, a mobile house of God, uh, in the wilderness when they were wandering in the desert for 40 years and they built this place of worship. It's called the tabernacle. And then later when they were established as a nation, King David began the idea of building a permanent temple. Solomon then, his son, built that temple. This is like lots and lots of time later after the wilderness, okay? So hopefully that helps you understand kind of tabernacle and temple. But in both of these places of worship, there was this place called the Holy of Holies. And then there was this big curtain that would separate um, the, what they called the holy place and the Holy of Holies. Or there was this divide. And in that, inside of that curtain, so if you can just use your imagination, I have a curtain here, I'm going to use it in just a second. But on this side of the curtain, the priests would, you know, deal with things like the table of showbread and the candlesticks and the altar of incense and things I don't have time to explain to you today, but it was part of their worship. Each thing represented something else. But on the other side of that curtain, it was a big, thick curtain, was this, this chest, this box called the Ark of the Covenant. How many of you have ever seen Indiana Jones? Anyone ever seen Indiana Jones? That was that Ark of the Covenant. They kind of took some Hollywood liberty on how that kind of engagement happened. But that box was really important, this Ark of God's Covenant. On the top was a lid with these two angels, these cherubims, 
that had their wings stretched out with covering their faces on each side. And that was called the mercy seat, that top part. And that's where, and that was on the other side of that curtain. So on the other side of that curtain was in their heart, in their, in their, in their dispensation or in their mind, the other side of that curtain was the throne of God. Does that make sense? That's where the presence of God was. That was the most holiest of holy places in the earth. And only one person was allowed to go in there once a year, and that was the high priest. And that high priest had to go through a whole cleansing ceremony to make sure he had done everything legally appropriate to make sure he qualified and his sins were forgiven. And then he would go through that curtain so only one person in the whole world was allowed to go through, and that was only one time a year into that throne room, that mercy seat of God, that throne of grace. Are you understanding that? And so what I want to bring to our attention is because sometimes we miss this. It's a big deal. And you have an entire nation of Israel that, man, if they could only have taken a peek, but they knew to even take a peek in that curtain was death. See, because no one's allowed in the presence of God. No one's allowed in the throne of grace. No one's allowed in that, to that mercy seat of God, except the high priest, and that's just once a year. But see, here's what happened. The moment Jesus died, there's an interesting verse in Matthew chapter 27. In Matthew chapter 27, verse 50 and 51. The moment Jesus Christ died on the cross, it says this, then Jesus shouted, shouted out again, and he released his spirit. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two. Mm -hmm. From top to bottom. The Bible goes on to say that the whole earth shook See, this isn't a little moment in history. The whole earth shook. Rocks split apart. And some of you may never have read this part. Tombs opened. And the bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. They left the cemetery after the resurrection, went into the holy city of Jerusalem, and appeared to many people. Grandma came back. What are you doing here? I'm telling you, this wasn't just symbolic. That's why I wanted to bring this whole thing to your attention, is at the moment Jesus died, the curtain, that whole visual of separation to where God was in this separated place, God was in this removed place from people, and I love that the Bible said that it was torn from top to bottom. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to open this up from top to bottom, okay? From top to bottom. And you can see that we have here a throne, a throne of grace, to picture the throne of grace. But what's the value of the Bible saying it was torn from top to bottom? Well, first of all, it's important to know that this thing was super thick. No human being would be able to do this in their own strength. But the other thing that's really important is by it being torn from top to bottom, it's symbolic. I believe it's a testimony that God's the one that tore it, right? That heaven did this. This wasn't man tearing it from bottom to get to God. This was God tearing it, saying, the way has been made open. See, I am tearing it from heaven to earth, from heaven to earth. 
and I am making a way where there was no way. See, all humanity wished they could have gone into the presence of God, but only one person once a year. But when Jesus committed his spirit to the God and he left, everything changed. Why? Because the payment had been made. The lamb was slain, amen. Your sin offering had died. All of God's judgment towards you and I was placed upon him. So now all the reasons why we couldn't come in have been paid for by that one act of Jesus. So now the way is open, so come, 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 amen. Come in in the throne of grace, find your help, find access, amen. Amen. And now you know what you're going to receive in there. You won't receive death because you're not qualified or you didn't repent enough or you didn't apologize enough. Now you know what you're going to receive. You're going to receive help. You're going to receive grace. You're going to receive mercy. Amen. You don't come in wondering if you're going to die in his presence because you're in a place of undeserved privilege. I don't belong in here. I'm not worthy to be in here, but I get to be in here. But because of Jesus, I'm allowed in here. And I get to stand in here. See, because sometimes it's even uncomfortable because the Bible says come boldly. Sometimes we can even see ourselves religious mindset where we might crawl in. We might put our face on the ground because he's so worthy. And the truth is he is so worthy. I don't take away from his holiness. I don't take away from his worthiness. I'm trying to help us understand something, that he placed us in here to stand in a place of undeserved privilege. Amen. And then he seated us with him in heavenly places. It's even uncomfortable to sit right here. You might say, wow, this feels really wrong. But the truth is Jesus made us really right. I get it. I get it, especially after you sin, everything inside of you is like squirrely, like I gotta get out. I gotta leave his presence, I gotta run, I've gotta run. That's what Adam and Eve did. No, 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 my friend. If you were to sin and you were to make a mistake, even today, then you stay seated where he's placed you and you lean into your father and you say, please forgive me, I, I, I confess, Lord, I messed up. And you know what you're gonna find? Grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. Sometimes it takes great faith to stay here. Because the devil and your own conscience is telling you to run, to run out of that throne, to run away from God when you sin, to run away from him when you need him the most. But when you need him the most, you need him the most. And you didn't deserve to go in there in the first place. So even on your best day, when you felt holy, you didn't deserve to go in there. So on your worst day, when you feel the worst, you're going in there through the same permission door, that's Jesus. Through Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come boldly into the throne of grace to find help, to find mercy, to find grace. So again, one more time, just put this picture in your head. Do you understand what the angels see here? The way has been made open. Even the devil, man, I think the devil looks at it and he goes, they have permission to go into the throne of God? And that's what I'm saying, and then we don't go. We don't go. We talk ourselves out of it or we don't prioritize it or it's not valuable to us or whatever. It's like everyone, we, we've taken something that is literally mind-blowing that when it happened, the earth shook. When this moment happened and the curtain and the way it was made open, the rocks split. 
that dead people came out of their graves. It was like so much life hit the earth, like those little mole games, you know, where you hit the mole at the head. Like people popped out of the ground. So much life happened in this moment. Isn't that awesome? And so today, I would like to invite you to come. Why don't you go ahead and stand, if you would, please, as we close. Come boldly into the throne of grace to find help, mercy, and help in your time of need. This morning, let me ask you this first question. If you are not right with Jesus, if you've never placed your faith in Jesus, if you've never looked at Jesus and said, would you be my savior? You are God and you died for me. Would you take my sin? Would you be my Lord and Savior? If you've never done that before, today I want to give you an opportunity to call on the name of the Lord to be saved. Or maybe you've ran away from God for some reason and you just feel so distant and you just want a refresher. You just want to call on him just to make a declaration to say, I'm done running and I recommit my life 100% to Jesus. So when I count to three, I'm going to have you just raise your hand and pray a prayer with me to begin that call on his name. So why don't you go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes, if you would, please, just for a few moments. Let me just go through those scriptures real quick. The Bible says, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of our sin is death, separation from God. It's even hell. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. The Bible goes on to say that all, and that's every one of us, who will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you'll be placed in a place of undeserved privilege. You'll have access to the throne of grace. And I'm talking to you at home as well, in the room, and even you right there at home. Today, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, then pray this prayer with me. Or if you want to recommit yourself 100%, then pray this prayer with me. When I count to three, just as a sense of surrender, I just want you to raise your hand wherever you are. That's kind of an act of saying, God, my hand's up, I surrender. I call on you. When I count to three, if you need to get right with God, just raise your hand. Ready? One, two, three. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Anybody in the room today? Pop your hand up. There's one hand in the back, two in the back. Anybody else? There's a third hand over here. Four, five over there. Awesome. Anybody else today? Just put it up high. We don't want to miss you. This is the day. This is the day. Let's get right with God. We're going to pray a prayer right now. Everyone, would you pray this prayer after me? And if you raised your hand at home, pray this prayer after me as well. Let's all pray together so no one's praying by themselves. Repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I realize I've sinned and I've walked away from you. I receive Jesus Christ today as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died for me and that he rose again. Please forgive me of my sins. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Take every part of me now. Be my God. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you celebrate those five that raised their hand? That was awesome. Amen. Amen. If you're at home and you raised your hand, we celebrate you too.
Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.